Hey, what is up, everybody, and welcome to the Get Your Bell Rung Football Podcast. He is Kevin Reynolds. I am Bobby Wall, and we are here to talk all things football and hit you with some takes that might rattle you up a bit. On today's show, we have Jonathan Taylor. We have Trey Lance. Most importantly, we have two League of Record drafts that we need to break down that happened this past weekend. Mr. Kevin, how you doing, buddy? Hanging in there, brother. Sunny, warm here. Feeling uh, good. Not here. We uh we're actually doing the show at noonish on August 31st, which is a Thursday, because I am out of school. The canceled for the hurricane that's uh what is it, Idalia? That's rolling around down here in the Carolinas. So I am home and have some extra time on my hands. So let's podcast. Why not? Well said, buddy. Yes, I uh, have to work later, so this is much better than doing it at nine o'clock at night. Uh, agreed, <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, hey, man, let's just jump right into it. What is going on with Jonathan Taylor? He currently did he did not get traded by the Tuesday deadline. They have him on the pup list, and they kept him on the pup list, which means he has to miss at least the first four weeks of the NFL season, even if he's traded. He still has to sit. Is this dude going to be Le'Veon Bell? Please tell me no. Nah. No, I don't think so. These are these are these are different situations anyway. Wasn't Bell refused to sign his franchise tag? Didn't he? Isn't that what he did? Yeah. Uh, where JT's actually still under contract. So essentially, if he doesn't play, the Colts can just leave him purgatory forever. But I think he can hold in. And it would still count because he's on the pup. He could say he's hurt all year. And then the Colts can't really do anything about that. His contract would be over and he'd hit the, the open market next year. True, but he does have to actually show up at some point. You can't just right. never show up and have it have it told. It's a nightmare. And I really honestly, I'm at the point that I don't even care anymore. I'd be perfectly happy if he just moved to China and we never saw him again. Well, that's because he had one of things. Whiny little baby. What um all right, so I think we played this game last week on our show. Percentage uh, of you think he'll play week five for the Colts or just play in general. I don't care if he's traded by then, just he plays week five. I'd say 75-25. Okay, I like that. I'll take those numbers. And you own, hypothetically, you own Jonathan Taylor. We got a couple other running backs on the roster. Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, and Evan Hall, rookie from Northwestern, if I'm not mistaken. Who do you want? None. None of the above. D. Sign Kareem Hunt. That's that's the thing, right? I thought that was gonna be a that was gonna happen already. He apparently didn't I, like the offer they gave him. Now he's got, got now he's got even more uh of a bargaining chip now. So he should go for it. Of those three, I honestly don't want any. Anybody on Sirius, all the experts are saying it'll be Zach Moss. He's trash. But, I mean, I, I don't okay. know if that team's going to win three games this year. They're going to be truly awful. I have watched Zach Moss play. He, I watched him have a chance to be the guy on one of the best offenses in football, led by one of the best quarterbacks in football, and he was a bum. He just he wasn't. Good, he got traded for Naheem Hines, just straight up. 
So uh, I don't care what these experts say. I, I personally don't think Moss is going to be the guy. He's also hurt. He might not even play week one because he broke his arm over the summer. Uh, I know a lot of folks are going out um, and running after Deion Jackson. And I'm actually faced with this. I'm going to talk about Jonathan Taylor, you know, in a little bit with my draft. But uh, I took him in the second round, uh, you know, as a gamble before all this came out. This was Saturday afternoon. And I was looking at the waiver wire just yesterday, and I had my button on Deion Jackson. I had him added. I was going to drop the guy. I had it ready. All I had to do was click submit, and I just couldn't do it. The thought of having Deion Jackson on my team and to fill in was just – it it wasn't exciting enough for me to make that click. Uh, and lo- I got lucky because by the time I woke up, somebody else had picked him up, so he was out. And I certainly don't want Zach Moss, who for some reason was was selected. Uh, so I actually went with Evan Hall. But let me get into Deion Jackson first. Um, he did fill in ad- admirably on occasion for JT when he was out last year. He was even RB1 in week six against the Jaguars on the back of 10 catches on 10 targets for 121 yards. Okay, That'll get you RB1 most weeks. Um, not going to happen every week. The problem is the Colts now have a rookie quarterback who's most likely going to run rather than check it down. The head coach, uh, Shane Steichen, is coming from Philly who used the running back by committee. That drove everyone nuts. Deion Jackson's what, three and a half yards a carry? He had 68 total carries last year. 11 of them were stuffed at the line. 11 of his 68 carries. Caleb Huntley had more carries and was only stuffed six times. That's Caleb Huntley. Who's Caleb Huntley? He may have even been cut from the Falcons. Um, So that's, I'm not excited to start Caleb Huntley. I'm not excited to start Deion Jackson, even if Huntley, like if he was the guy in Atlanta, which obviously he's nowhere close. But um, the point is, Deion Jackson, he's more of a third-down pass-catching guy. Now, Evan Hall, unknown, rookie, much more well-rounded, can also catch the ball, but he's a better pure runner than Deion. He's not real shifty. He does have four four seven speed. Um, got a good offensive line in the Colts. His last preseason game against Philly, the Colts starters played most of the first half. Three running backs worked in there. They went four yard for four carries, eight yards. Evan Hall went six for 25. Now, you, you, they're not playing the Eagles starters for the most part, but they're playing the same competition is my argument, and he did better. The best part was when, well, not as a Philly fan, but he got a pancake block on a blitzing Eagles linebacker that was awesome for his pass pro, and – I mean, that's a big thing for running backs coming in the NFL. If you can, if you can pass protect, you're going to find the field. Uh, so Heaven Hall is my guy, and it's it's not that close. I don't even know why we're talking about these people. Because he's on my team. And people are – there's there's at least one Jonathan Taylor owner in every single league that's faced uh, with this. I love listening to you talk yourself into players. It's so awesome talking about these guys. It's, Evan Hall as though he's the next coming Ladanian Tomlinson. It's, oh, it's, no, it's quite amusing the way you talk about these people. You are hearing things I'm not saying. <laughs> you you really are. I'm talking about three bottom-of-the-barrel guys that you might be able to fill in for someone who's on the pup. I would rather have my mom fill in. She'd probably get about as many points as these characters are going to get. That's not um, helpful, Jonathan Taylor owners who are listening. Well, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, you're stupid. 
That's also not true. The gamble to take Taylor before all of this happened was worth it because he could end up being RB1. He's done it before. It's true. It depends on where you took him, of course. If right. you took him, and like, say, second, if you took him in, like, the second round of a draft, you're probably pretty stupid. Nah. Mid to end of the second. <laughs> if you took him in the fifth or sixth, that probably makes a lot more sense. Sure. We'll get what's to that, that dude we'll... there? What's that loudmouth dude on Sirius that you like so much? Jeff Manns? Yeah. He was saying yesterday how originally he would have – somebody took him, like, the end of the fifth, end of the sixth, somewhere in there. He'd be cool with that. But now he's at a point that he wouldn't draft him – with his 14th pick, which I found a little bit silly because by then you're right. just throwing darts anyway. Why wouldn't you throw a dart at a guy that could be a beast? Um, I don't know. I would take Zach Moss. I No, no reason other than he's probably going to be the guy. All this other stuff you're talking about doesn't matter if they're not on the field. If, if pretty much everybody out of their camp says Zach Moss is going to be the guy, then he's the guy that's going to get the carries. So I, I don't know why I wouldn't I wouldn't go with him. Uh, I can't buy the lack of talent from that uh, with lack with Zach Moss being the guy. It could the be they all have a lack of talent. I think maybe it's just because he's been there and he knows the offense. And I, I have no idea why necessarily he's the guy, but all reports are saying he will be the guy. And unless something changes, he's going to be a starter for four weeks if he's back at week fantasy, one. And that's why fantasy is great because it's probably going to end up being someone that we haven't even talked about. What I'm saying, you and I both know the more something makes sense in the NFL or the world at large, the less chance it's going to actually happen. So I pick Zach Moss by default because all word out of Indy is that he's going to be the guy to get it. And I'm not picking up another guy if he's going to get three carries. That's fair. The thing is, none of these guys have upside. None of these guys are going to be anything great. Um, They're just all stopgaps. It could be an RBBC. There might be four or five guys that end up getting carries. So I don't want any of them. I wouldn't touch him. Two of them, well, one of them, well, obviously he was taking my lead for a lot of money, uh, surprisingly. Um, and then Deion Jackson was taking, but Hall and uh, Moss weren't even drafted. And this is a huge league right. with 272 slots. That's how little people think of these guys. Now they both went off waivers last night for obvious reasons, but that's how little people think of these guys having any success, no matter who it is. Well, the number one, I mean, for a running back or, I mean, any position really for fantasy, you need opportunity. And until we figured out that Taylor situation, there wasn't an opportunity for those guys. Now, all of a sudden, there could be, I don't know, what if one of them ends up with 50% of the snaps from the running back position? Now, that's You know, you know what I would guess right now in those first four weeks? The running back for the Colts that will score the most points in those first four weeks is not on the team right now. And that that's is my pick. Yes. Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette. Melvin Gordon got cut. For nah, somebody he fought. No, nah, he resigned with the Ravens himself. already. Oh, in the practice. Yeah, but yeah. practice squad. Yeah, so, practice the, so they could sign him off of that, yeah. Yeah. But he's yeah. he's pretty washed up. Uh, but those other two guys, why not? I'd take no those other two guys care. or trade for something decent somewhere, some way. Trade for Tyler Algier. Trade for somebody that, that could do stuff that's at least shown they can do something. So what you might do instead of going Zach Moss or Deion Jackson or Evan Hall, you might go Kareem Hunt or Leonard Fournette as a dart throw. Who's they are not even on a team, but they could be the guy. And if you know if they're not the guy yeah. in, in India, they're both they on teams in my league. People that are just waiting. Why not? You put out yeah. four or five bucks for them, get it because nobody else wants to touch it. Um, and then they're just sitting there in case they sign a team and might produce. It happens every year. 
it, because like of it. situations like this. So yeah, so my guess, first four weeks, the player the back with the most points on the Colts is a player who's not on the team yet. All right, and, and a good opportunity to get one of these guys that we've been talking about. Jeff Wilson just came out. He's all of a sudden on IR, kind of yep. out of left field. That, that coming, you move him into your IR spot, and now look, you got an opening. Why not roll the dice with a Hunt, a Fournette, a Hull, a Jackson? You know, whichever guy's tickling your fancy the most. You right. tickle my fancy the most. Well, that's obvious. That's why we're here, buddy. Uh, Trey Lance to the Dallas <clears throat> Cowboys for a fourth round pick. The San Francisco 49ers traded away their 2022 first round and third round picks and their 2023 first round pick to Miami to move up to the third overall spot to take Lance. Is that, Kevin Reynolds, the worst draft day trade of all time? I looked. I did it's, some research. Yeah, it's got to be up there pretty high. I mean, what 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 they got and then for what the Niners got. The amazing thing is the Niners still probably have the best top-to-bottom roster in the league, even besides that. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, it, it is wild. Um, <clears throat> the one that I came up with, um, the Washington Redskins back in 2012, they negotiated basically the same deal for RG3 um, with the Rams and jumped up there. However, you know, that didn't work out. But they actually won the NFC East title with RG3. Well, he was great uh, that so, year until Shanahan against ran him into the ground and blew his knee apart. Right. So, you know, there's the, ex- I mean, almost the exact same identical deal mm-hmm. done, but at least RG3 got you something one year. Lance has done what, five total starts, maybe? Uh, I, man, I really think this is the worst. And they talked about the Kyle Bowler trade with the Ravens. They moved up to get him and that didn't work out. But the compensation was nothing like, right. You know, like what happened here. So, um, we called I, this when he got drafted that he would, oh, yeah, be a nobody in the league. That it was, he just didn't have well, any real count on the fact that he's a really fast runner. Yep. Uh, but I tell you what, though, my favorite part of the whole trade is Jerry Jones because, first of all, he didn't tell anyone, he didn't consult anyone until after he made the deal, after that trade was finalized. He didn't tell Mike McCarthy, the head coach, he didn't tell Dak Prescott, the current starting quarterback. Oh my gosh, I that is hilarious to me. And then you get Trey Lance. He was a third overall pick. He's been hurt and not good when he was on the field. He just got shipped off. People are like, this is the worst draft day trade of all time, like we just talked about. This guy's hurting. He's struggling. He's not feeling good about himself. Finally, he found a new team, and the owner says, I don't want to plan on. I don't want to count on. I don't want to wish for help from him this year. We view it as an opportunity that could pay dividends in the future. Dude, this poor guy is hurting, and you just kick dirt on him. Will you brought him in and say we don't want anything to do we don't we don't want to plan on him we don't want to count on him we don't want his help that's rough i guess i i think what he was basically saying is dak is the starter this guy's a backup that's it we don't expect him to start games there's no quarterback competition here there's none of that there's no controversy it's just this guy we brought him in hopefully in the future he can help us out if he has to this year because something awful happened to dak so I don't read into it any more than really what it is that he's just he's not expected to be the guy there. And that's exactly what he's saying, in my opinion. I, I think that's 100 percent accurate. 
but you don't want to coddle this delicate young man just a little bit. No, CNFL. <laughs> yeah, well, look at Carson Wentz. I mean, that guy went off the rails, having almost an MVP type Ever season. Since you got with Markle, not, things went mentally south quick. Now they're not, saying not, she's starting to branch out, getting this own show of her own. What's going to happen to him? He's lost so much. Now there's talk there could be a split within the next year because she got what she wanted out of this. She's ruined his life, essentially. And now here we go. Guy's lost all of his titles. He's lost his home. He's not even on a team anymore. It's a nightmare. A nightmare. Meanwhile, Markle just rolling in the dough because all these idiots want us to listen to her run her mouth. I really need to hang a post-it note somewhere that with Carson Wentz's name in big, bold letters so I, I don't forget not to mention it. That's, folks, listeners, That my apologies. I uh, That's on me. That is on me, and I will own it. Anyway, I'm, I'm not going back to that. We're over it. You killed that topic, so let's move on. Uh, do you want to do your draft first, or you want to do mine? Oh, I, I don't much matter to me. We can talk about mine. Okay, let's do it. Friend, my league this year ended up just totally crazy. So for those who don't know, it's a 16-team league. or Yeah, 17 roster spots. We we just do a team defense. We do have a kicker. Uh, Money contracts. Week, players are under contract. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about that. Uh, so, yes, any players. This is an auction dynasty league. You... All get players for whatever price. You can assign them one to five years. Uh, salary caps to 50. There are 25% cap penalties for everybody you drop, including future years. So I actually have some guys that all oh, there's three guys that already have penalties in 2026. So that comes off there to 50. Um, we have all that. We have waiver wire where uh, biggest contracts like one year five dollars it's not as good as two years three dollars because there's escalating contracts that'd be seven that guy gets them all these type things it's pretty intense so we go into this draft i have a lot of players i only needed four slots as you know i i like to sign contracts so i can get good deals we have a few guys like who start at scratch because they like to have a brand new team every year. And that's great. But we've discussed before the issue with that is they pay a premium for every single player. Never do they get to keep Le'Veon Bell for $21. Because they just spend way too much. Now, of course, we have holdouts. So we don't need to get into all that. So I needed four slots. Because those those who remember from last year, we had this master plan. Well, I had it. You were on board with it. Of Go Young. Get all those young receivers that we were so in love with that are all pretty much panning out for the most part. Save money for this year. Get Kirk Cousins as my quarterback for cheap. This all worked out perfectly. So going into this draft, I was targeting one of three guys for running back, CMC, Eckler, or Bijan, correct? Correct. You know this. We didn't say it on the air because I didn't want everybody to know. And then I wanted, I actually wanted Kelsey, but if not Kelsey, I wanted Andrews or Hawkinson, but Hawkinson was already going. Uh, he was already signed to a contract. So we go into this and this starts off. Justin Jefferson is the first person nominated and he goes for only 63. What, what did you anticipate him going for? Probably closer to 70. Okay. Just because it's him. 
That's what that's what I figured. I actually could have franchised him, but it, that would have cost me 70. That's just too much for me to spend on one player. So he goes for 63. Then Mahomes goes 54. Eckler, I really wanted. He goes up to 60. I'm like, this is too much. This is going to blow my plan out. Then CMC goes for 68. Okay. So now we start to go down a little bit. Tyree Kill goes. Now we go to Travis Kelsey. Who again, he ends up going for 60, the most he's ever gone for. And I just can't spend that much on a freaking tight end. Now, here's a fun one for you. Your boy Chubb went for 58, and Jonathan Taylor went for 51. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Josh Allen at 52. Now, here's where it gets nuts, though. So now people are starting to panic. Because in a 16-team league, you have to have a stud or two on your team or you're not going to compete. So what it does is it... It actually inflates their numbers. Their prices go sky high. And then junkie players at the end all go for the minimum because there's no money left. So people are starting to panic now. So Jamar Chase goes for 72. Oh, my gosh. $9 more than Justin Jefferson. Wow. That's insane. It's crazy. So three picks after that is Stefan Diggs, 66 to two, nut, to two nut, more than Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, because he was panicking. We were running running out of yep. receivers. He was the last really big-name receiver left. So they end up spending more for lesser players. That's not something – in that situation, I would throw in the white towel and just really focus on – who are who's going to break out? Who's going to be this year's Justin Jefferson? This year's Jamar Chase? Yeah, like, I got to find that guy because I can't. I'm not going to pay seventy bucks for one guy, and you know that could it's not even the number one team. guy at the position. Right, right. Craziness, craziness. But we backtrack a bit. So I didn't get my two running backs. So about tenth in the draft, ninth, B. John Robinson gets nominated by somebody or other. Um. So it starts going up and up and up, and I'm bidding, and I get in a little late because, again, anybody I bid on, there's about seven guys league that will immediately just start running up, some just to be jerks, some because they say, well, they I know if he's been on, then they must be good players. Right. Like, really? Like, you don't know who the players are? Like, you haven't been playing this game for 25 years? But whatever. Uh, that's a side point. He ends up going up. I get him. I couldn't believe it stopped. 49 bucks. So I wanted, he was one of the three I wanted. CMC 68, Eckler 60. I get Bijan for only 49. And so Chubb went for 55, you said. And let's say in a snake draft, you can probably flip a coin in the in drafts. I would I'd say Bijan's probably going before Chubb in most, yeah. not all. You know what? I, I bet it's close to most. That Bijan's going yeah. before Chubb. And Chubb, Chubb was 58, but still very close. Oh, Chubb was 58? 58. He was nine dollars more. Than Bijan, right? So they uh, so think about the value you're getting there. That's like getting yeah. Bijan in like the middle of the second round. Yep, Derrick Henry fifty six, Josh Jacobs fifty four. Now, I mean, like I said, Jonathan Taylor went for fifty one. He went for more, so I get a steal. So not only do I get him, I'd sign him to three years because his contract will just be forty nine, fifty four, and sixty the next three years, which are very reasonable for what we're expecting out of him. Well, if he gets what I mean, some folks are picking him to be RB one, and if that's yeah. the case, then I mean, you're getting a steal, especially with the way these prices are that like this year. So as we go down again, this is crazy. We can discuss anything. We get eventually to tight ends. Dallas Goddard goes for nineteen. 
Because you can nominate anybody. Like some people nominate kickers early just to see some idiot bid $10 for Justin Tucker. Yeah. It's, it's, and it just gets in the waste roster spots and money. It's great for the rest of us. So it comes to Mark Andrews. I end up getting in this 33 bucks. Insane. 33. Half price. Kelsey with half six, price. Kelsey. Yeah. Barely over half price. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is the number. That's like, I mean, it would be like getting Jamar Chase for his 72, but you got, you know, Justin Jefferson, who might be a wide receiver. 40. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's right. crazy. So, I mean, I'm just pickled pink there. So I didn't get to the problem I have with my draft is I didn't get to do a lot. I'm one of the guys in the league, the gamesmanship. I love running up prices on people that I know I can run it up on because every dollar counts, you know, over and over and over. And those dollars add up quick. But I couldn't do that this one because I just didn't have the people to do it or the the slots to do it. And I couldn't get stuck with somebody that I'm screwed. So we get down, we're going through all this, and we get down eventually to Javante Williams, who you and I as others know, we adore. Neither of us, Love. you're probably a little higher on him for this year than I am, but I'm huge on him for the future, yes. I end up getting because by now money is going. People are freaking out. I get him for 23 bucks. A guy that if he hadn't gotten hurt last year, would be going for 63 bucks this year. 23 bucks to sit on my bench most of the year if he ends up doing something great. But if not, I sign him to three years. I've got a number one back for 20, 26 bucks next year. Right, dude. So and now and now my my plan's coming so good together. I finally had the money left over for the one guy. You know, I also the one rookie I really wanted to target. Well, beside B John was Sir Anthony Richardson. I end up topping out thirteen bucks. Four guy, you needed four guys. You got four guys, and you got a bargain on every single one. Everyone. So I signed him to four years because even if he ends up sucking, dumping him at 25%, he'll, be, he'll make 13, 15, 17, 19. I'm only losing, I'm not even losing four bucks each year. Well, a little over four bucks, I guess, at the end. But that's nothing to, to take a chance on a guy who could put up good numbers. Like I said, I, I don't necessarily need him to be the league MVP, but at that price, if I can have him even a top 10 quarterback, man, I, I've got all kinds of money for others. So so things went a little crazy here again. Um like I, I don't it's just crazy, dude. I, I don't well for you, you gotta love it when a plan comes together. This yes. is this is a this is a plan two years in the making, maybe three. Two and really, it, but yeah, you could I guess you could throw in a three because some guys I've had. Um it couldn't have it couldn't have panned out any better for you, which is no, it's I been mean, great. So so my roster ends up cousins and Richardson. A.J. Dillon, B. John Robinson, Brian Robinson, Javante Williams, OBJ. You only have to start one. You only have to start one in your league. That's important. And in this league, that's another thing, right? You have to start one running back, two receivers. You get two flexes and mm-hmm. a tight end. So then I have OBJ, Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Sky Moore, Alave, Pickens, Calvin Ridley, uh, Mark amazing. Andrews, Greg Dolchich. I got McPherson uh, kicking. I signed him last year to the minimum. So I could keep me there, a high-scoring offense. And I've got your boys, the Eagles D, who I signed to a long-term contract last year for only five bucks. There's guys in the league that are spending like 10, 11, 12 bucks for like the Rams defense. Uh, if you – you there has to be something in place where if you don't win this league this year, yeah. this is 16 t- – the team that you just rattled off would be stacked in a 12-team league. Yeah. Yeah, that's sixteen. Anyone else that's that's sitting that would be the the number one seed running into this thing. 
Yeah, I'm feeling good. Uh, a guy that I really wanted was Miles Sanders. He ended up going for 28 and at a point where I could no longer spend that much money. He got so- signed to a long-term contract. And, and there's a there's a world where Javante Williams is ends up better than than Miles Sanders if he if he truly yeah. is healthy mm-hmm. and gets the opportunity in Denver. That, that that is an outcome. It's probably more on the unlikely side, but it yeah. is an outcome. I agree. But who with that. really cares? Who really cares? Because Javante or Miles, it doesn't matter. Bijan's your starter. You're only gonna play running one running back with your wide receivers, with Ridley and Hopkins and Olave. You're only playing one of the, I mean, you're only playing a running. So quickly, let me just rattle off a couple numbers quick. So the highest paid person in leagues, Jamar Chase, $72. It's a lot. It's like a third and a half of his whole freaking team. Yeah. It's nuts. McCaffrey, 68. Stefan Diggs, 66. Guess who's number four or tied for third at 66? Joe Mixon. So Whitey has Joe Mixon. He texted me last week, what would the penalty be? And it's huge. It's, what is it, like uh, $14.50. Plus he has him next year for 72. So that was going to be another, however, 18 bucks or whatever, 16.50 and 18. He decides to keep him because he doesn't want to deal with the penalty. So instead he pays him 66. So I ask you this, sir. We'll just say the penalty was 16 for him, meaning 50 bucks. Do you think that Mixon would have went for 50 bucks in this draft? Because I most definitely do not. There's no telling with how it just honestly, it depends right, you on never when, know. He got, when he got nominated. If right. he got nominated in that in that danger zone where people thought they were going to miss out, he could have gone for who knows what. But if I had to put money on it, I would say he would have gone for less than 50. Yeah, so Whitey could have potentially dumped him eating the money, got him back for $49 or less and actually made money right. off the transaction. Right. Um, you well, can't do that in a regular season, but you can do it before the draft. In the regular season, you dump somebody, you bring them back, you have to pay them what you were paying them before or more. You can't just dump somebody week. for 49 pick them up for three the next week. In the words of the great Kevin Reynolds, uh, we love donators. Oh, God, it's great. Whitey. He still owes me. He still owes me a bet. Yes. My turn. Uh, 12-team, my league of record. Okay, first off, before we get into this, this was a moment that is one of those that's going to be burned in my brain probably forever, and I think it just speaks volumes to just fantasy football in general and the camaraderie and the friendship and everything that comes along with it. Um, I've, I've said several times, there's a group of us. There were seven of us this year that were in person for this draft, and we traveled from all over the country. A couple guys from North Carolina drove up um, to Virginia Beach. A couple guys flew in, Dallas, Seattle. A couple guys drove down from Maryland. We we make it intentional to do this together every year. And we're in the middle of the draft, and we got our food, and we got our drinks, and we're hanging out. And, we're, and I looked at our commissioner, Albert Leach, who has been on the show before, and he looks at me, and he stops laughing. He goes, you know what, man? This really is my favorite day of the entire year. And it's like, you know what, dude, it, it really is. And it was, it's just so awesome. If you, if you're, if you don't do a live draft, uh, if you're, if you're not in a league with a bunch of buddies, get one, find one, start one and create something. We've been in this thing almost 15 years and we, and we do it every year and everyone does everything they can to make it live. And it's absolutely worth it. The money you spend, plane tickets, all that stuff is worth it. When you get there surrounded by people you care about the most, it's awesome. Doug. It's awesome. Love it. 
Um, anyway, 12 team, half PPR, 11 keepers, which is important. And we're going to come up to that in just a second. Fairly standard uh, first few rounds. A lot of the keepers were receivers, so running backs went a little early. Uh, I took Eckler at five overall. Um, and then second round comes, there are six picks before me, and there are five guys that I wanted. Every single one of them went all five in a row. Uh, normally, that doesn't happen. There's usually at least one or, one or two will get make it to you, but not this time. So I was stuck staring at Jonathan Taylor, DK Metcalf, maybe Devonta Smith. Uh, so I gambled on Jonathan Taylor, knowing I would need to focus on running back later in the draft, just in case what is happening actually happened. Now, with our 11 keepers, a lot of them, I think one or two were first round picks. A couple of them were in the second, some in the third. So really, John so Taylor saying was a, 11 guys total in the league were kept. Correct. Okay, and the way right. you're saying it makes it sound like you each team kept 11. My you're 11 league-wide, gotcha. 11 teams kept one guy. We are allowed one keeper in this league. Thank you for, for the clarification. Like mine was Jalen Waddle. okay? I would have definitely taken Jalen Waddle over Jonathan Taylor, but I already had him on my team, sixth round. Um, so like Jamar Chase was a guy that was kept. Um, a couple other folks that I would have rather had over Jonathan Taylor. So really – you know, as far as the amount of guys that were taken at this point, since keepers are are technically gone, Jonathan Taylor was really in the third round. But because of how it worked out, I'm sitting here staring at him. I rolled the dice. I gambled. Knowing, now when you do something like this, this is why we got to stay fluid in drafts, right? I knew I had to focus on running back later. Third round comes, and guess what? DK Metcalf's still there, but so is your guy and my guy, Mandrews. Mark Andrews, I'm, I already have him in another league. The last couple of years, I've really hammered my guys and fought through some injuries. Javante Williams comes to mind from last year. I had him on three or four teams. It really, really hurt me. So I'm trying to diversify diversify my portfolio. Plus, I was going to take DK where I took Jonathan Taylor anyway. Um, I love the idea of having Waddle and Metcalf on my team. Both of those guys I have ranked as top 12 receivers. So I hopped on DK. Fourth round comes by um, – the talent that was left, again, with the keepers involved, we're like fifth-round talent, but we're in the fourth. Um, I'm looking at Keenan Allen, which I actually couldn't believe dropped that far. Didn't make it to me. <laughs> looking at Miles Sanders, didn't make it to me. But I also, the third guy was Cam Akers. There he was, so I took Cam Akers. My third running back uh, in the first four rounds. But I needed to make sure I did that, again, because of Jonathan Taylor. I got yep. to give myself yep. a parachute. In the fifth round, there's only two tight ends left that I would want on my team. Dallas Goddard, Darren Waller, I knew for a fact they were not going to make it back to me. And then there's a huge drop-off for tight end. So I want to solidify that position. I got Dallas Goddard. I'm good with that. Um, otherwise, I'm not taking in all quarterbacks. Any quarterback I was going to draft before the 10th round, they were all gone. Herbert, Lawrence, Fields, everybody's out by the fifth round. So – I got Goddard. Now I don't have to worry about the tight end position. As I said, Water was my keeper in the sixth. And then I hopped back on the running back train with a guy who I think is as close to guaranteed 10 touchdowns as anybody in the league. That's David Montgomery. Um, and then I gambled again with an injury. I got Jerry Judy in the sixth round, or I'm sorry, in the um, eighth round as wide receiver 38. I have him as wide receiver 22. And I at least got a little bit of good news because he did not go in the pup. So Denver's expecting him to be back 
early in the season. So I'm hoping that this gamble pays off with Jerry Judy. I think he's going to be big. My next four picks, Zach Charbonnet, high upside potential. Sky Moore, who we love dearly, yes. high upside potential. Yes. yes, high upside potential. I drafted Michael Thomas again because it's like the 10th round and he's sitting there looking at me. I think I got a little bit of a floor there. And then I took Devin Singletary because we'll see. It's a little, it's kind of a boring pick. Dark uh, not much at that ceiling. point. Right, not much ceiling there unless Damian Pierce goes down and then we might be, you know, cooking with something. It's round 13. Can I ask you a quick question in round 12? Yeah. Was Christian Watson yeah. a keeper, I hope? He was, yes. So, yeah, so if you Lord, look at this Because he went after the pick after Singletary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you – I sent I sent Kevin pictures of, the, of my draft board. So every now and then, you know, names will pop up, and you're like, well, how did Jamar Chase make it to the end of the second round? It's like, <laughs> oh, it was, it was a keeper. Um, but, yeah, so you, th- little things you need to know when you're just staring at, a, at a, somebody else's draft board. Um, round 13, eventually I need a quarterback. I'm looking at Danny Dimes and Geno Smith. I already have some Geno Smith exposure, so um, I went with Mr. Daniel Jones. Obviously, his rushing upside, he's got r- serious rushing upside. It's his second year in the offense. He finally has a decent pass catcher in Dan- Darren Waller. But we know, man, his floor is scary. Dude, it's so funny, though, gonna... in our league, same thing. He and Danny Dimes and Geno Smith were the last two quarterbacks left that anybody would actually want to start on their team. And they both went mid-teens. So, but uh, they still went mid-teens. Huh? They still went mid-teens? I figured they'd be single Yeah, because yep. other people in a 16-team league, having a viable backup quarterback, is it's, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a necessity because when somebody gets hurt, there's no – there's nobody. There's there's times we've had like up to like 37, 38 quarterbacks on rosters because people are even have backups of backups just in case. Uh, yep. And then I finished things up with now this is going to be another draft rule that we should have thrown out there. I finished up with Darius Slayton. Again, we talked about him before. I grabbed him in another league, possible wide receiver one for the Giants. Who knows? Uh, and since we have an IR spot in this league, I grabbed Kyler Murray. Uh, I did not draft a defense, which we need. And in another league, I did not draft a kicker or a defense. Now, in this one in particular, I knew as soon as the draft was over, I can move Kyler Murray to my IR, and then I can pick up any other player I want to, right? Um, so in comes Evan Hall. Now, with when it for defenses and kickers, the reason I don't take one is that's when I take like a handcuff or a running someone who could fill in if an injury happens from the time of my draft up until the season starts. So those bottom two guys. Now, if nothing happens and those guys, you know, a miracle doesn't work itself into the into my lineup, then they're easy bottom two guys I cut. I get my defense. I get my kicker or whatever I need to do to fill it in. But I don't – I rarely draft a kicker or a defense. I just grab them right before the Thursday night games of week one. So Slayton would be the guy you dump then? Uh, he'll be the first one out. Yep. Because obviously yeah, you're not going to get a haul now the way you so gloriously proclaimed his name earlier in the show. That Well, he's RB1 in all of the, all of the world, Kevin. <laughs> My God. That's, who needs who needs CMC or Echo yes. when you have God Evan who Hall. walked his man, Evan Hall. That's that's it. I'll be honest. If he was sitting beside me, I wouldn't even know what he looks like. Me either. But I have no clue. But he looks good in the helmet and shoulder pads or rocking linebackers during uh, blitz pickups. 
So how do you feel your team's going to compete in this league? Um, I'll be honest. Uh, as odd as it sounds, I think it's going to fall onto my quarterback. Um, this league is very competitive um, to the point where the percentage points from the all-time best um, player in the league to the all-time worst player in the league, the best record overall is eight and six. And the worst record of anybody overall is six and eight. Now there are percentage points that separate, you know, those guys, but you know, because you have to use whole numbers and that kind of thing when you're coming up with a, an actual record, um, that's how it works out. So it is a, an extremely competitive league. And uh, but honestly, I, I don't hate this team the the way it turned out. I wasn't sure when it was happening, but when I get done and look, Eckler's a safe pick. He's going to be a top five running back. Could be. He might not. He might not be one again or two, but. There, there's no reason for me to think he's not going to be an RB one at worst. If Taylor comes back in plays, he should flirt with that. But if not, I'm fairly high on Cam Akers. I think he'll be a mid range RB two. I think David Montgomery has that opportunity as well. Jamal Williams in this sa- on the same team in the same offense. Jamal Williams is not as good as David Montgomery, and he was RB seven last year, right? Charbonnet, who knows what's going on in Seattle? We lo- Kenneth Walker was my number one running back coming out that year. Him and Brees Hall. You were a Hall guy. I was a Walker guy. We were both right. But we'll see. I, there's no talent. Charbonnet could end up being the guy there. Sky Moore could be the the guy in Kansas Let's City. So. You know, there's right I, a lot of a lot of upside on this team. But you know, maybe every guy hits their floor and it's and it's garbage. And I finished tenth. Who knows? But I actually feel pretty confident in this in this squad. Very good. One thing. I mean, I, I like your team too. But yeah, it's uh the JT thing. That's a that's a that's a big pill to swallow if he doesn't come back and play. It definitely yes. handcuffed you a little bit. Yep. Um, let me ask you this. If he's on your team and by like week six, seven, he's still not playing, would you dump him and then take the chance that somebody else is going to pick him up and he decides to play in week nine? Or would you have to roster him knowing that it could come back to haunt you and waste the roster spot all season? I, all season. I think I would drop Kyler Murray. Or if Murray's back by then and playing well, I would drop Daniel Jones and – put Murray in the starting lineup and then move Taylor to the IR. Did you read that article yesterday? Therefore that all signs out of Arizona that he most likely just won't play the whole year, which will be fine. Cause then I can move Taylor to IR and yeah. kick Kyler off. How many IR spots do you get? Just one. Oh, the yeah, is unlimited. They have to be on the IR and the penalties. Right. If you leave a guy on IR, that's not on the NFL IR are severe. Good. They should oh, be. So- they, yeah, they absolutely should be. So you lose that player, all all penalties, and you get a $10 fine. If that puts you over the cap, guess what? You have to dump more players to be in, co- in compliance. It's a nightmare. Whitey <laughs> does it year after year. Um, Just to go back to Tunut last week, he kept fields for, what, 35, I yes. believe? Oh, yeah, what did Lawrence actually go for? Mr. Trevor Lawrence ended up going for 40. Okay. All right. Well done, sir. Yeah, I, I still think Lawrence is going to be have the better season, but uh, not bad. Yeah, he's our Trev's our fourth highest paid quarterback. Well, after dropping all that dough on whoever it was, it's a good thing he saved himself five bucks. Yeah, well, and that, and, and that the guy that got Trev for forty also is the one that got Jonathan Taylor for fifty one. So that was ninety one on two players, one of which isn't playing. Yeah, that's tough. But he put him on his IR and he picked up Evan Hall, so. 
Yeah. Yes. There it is. RB one, baby. Let's do it. Yeah. Not too. Not too crazy. You should be good. Anything else, sir? I think I'm pretty good on this. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right, folks. We uh, we'll get back at you next week. Will be the last show as long as we get it in before Thursday. The last show before the NFL season starts. Yep. Um, thank you all for listening. Make sure you check us out on Facebook, Spotify, uh, and YouTube mostly, occasionally Twitter, uh, at GYBR underscore podcast. Uh, and that's it, man. We're out of here. I'll see you in a week, Kevin. Again, thank you all for listening. We out. See ya.